Welcome to the Celebration Church Orlando podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Hey church, welcome to Church at Home. We're so glad uh, that you are with us today. If this is your first time here, uh, my name is Nate, and uh, just so thankful that you've decided to join us. We, if uh, you've been with us for any amount of time, this is a little bit of a different format, but uh, today we are starting our new series called "What Did Re- What Did Jesus Really Say About Blank?" And today we're talking about truth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what did Jesus really say about truth? Uh, and I have uh, some distinguished guests up here with me. <laughs> Very distinguished, uh, Pastor Mike is here with us today, Pastor Keith and Pastor Megan Pittman, and then Pastor Josh and Pastor Callie Azell are here with us today. And uh, we're going to kick off our series talking about truth because uh, truth is the foundation for anything else that we talk about in this series. Absolutely. Pastor Keith, why don't you go ahead and give us some context about the scripture that we're looking at today in John and and kind of what's going on in this story. Absolutely. So what I I really want to do is is allow us, like with this particular passage, but just the overall um, goal for this, this entire series, is for us to examine the life of Jesus. Here, here's the thing that you're going to hear us probably say quite a bit. Jesus is perfect theology. Mm. When Jesus says that he is the image of the invisible God, when he says to Philip, to see me is to see the Father, he's saying if we really want to know what the mind and heart and will of God is, let's examine the life and the ministry and the words of Jesus. And so what this series is looking to do is to really examine what does Jesus say about a lot of these culturally relevant topics so that we can stop just saying, hey, the Bible says, and have different ways that we can selectively pick certain passages of scripture and weaponize the Bible for our own intent. But no, let's like look at what Jesus actually says and does, and that'll help us to really have a healthy understanding of what the mind and the heart and will of God is with that. And so truth, like you said, like we have to start with truth because mm-hmm. everything that we're going to talk about throughout the rest of this series, which is going to include things such as cancel culture. Mm-hmm. Is that the way that the kingdom yeah. of God operates? Yeah. Talking about yeah. things such as politics. What, is, what does that mean in the context of our belief system? What about equality and justice? These powerful topics and things mm-hmm. that are so relevant for us today. What does Jesus say about them? And so every week we're going to be tackling a different one of these. So I pray that everybody can stay engaged and encouraged because I do think it's going to be transformative. But for today, we're talking about truth. And so that's a very that's a very broad topic. Yep. That's a, that's something yeah. that I realize we're we're venturing into the deep end. But here at Celebration Orlando, we're not afraid of the deep end right. at all. That's right. And so the passage of scripture that I want us to look at is going to be found in the Gospel of John, chapter eighteen. And Mike, I'm going to ask you to read a passage, but just to kind of set it up so we all kind of know where we're going with it. This is Jesus before he's about to be crucified. And so ultimately, what happens is, of course, he's been betrayed by Judas. He gets arrested. He kind of gets dragged around to a couple of courts, and now he's finally standing before Pontius Pilate. He's like the Roman governor. He's like the the one who represents all the laws for the Roman land. And so the Jews knew at the time that they could not issue an execution. They had to go through Rome in order to get an execution, which is what their desire was for Jesus. And so Jesus and Pilate have this powerful conversation that introduces this existential idea of, what is truth? And and it, then from that, it unravels. And I think there's some things that we can extract from it. So, so Mike, if you don't mind, can you read... Um, John chapter 18, verses 33 through 40, um, to kind of set this all up for us. Absolutely. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say this to you about me? Pilate answered, I am, am I a Jew? Your own nation, the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting 
that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king? Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of this of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? After he said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Hmm. So there's there's a lot. Right? <laughs> there, yeah. There's a there's yeah. so much that we can mm-hmm. unpack with this. And yeah. and what I want to do is I want to spend a couple of moments just 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 kind of setting up this idea of of this whole interaction between Jesus and Pilate and that powerful question, what is true? Yeah. Like that is that is that is the that is the key thought. What is truth? Mm-hmm. And so and the thing that Pilate does that's so interesting that I think a lot of people do is that he asks this question. But if you notice in the text, he doesn't even wait for the response. Right. Yeah. Right. He literally just says, what is truth? And he turns around yeah. and walks away. Yeah. And, I, and I think that we yeah. I think we live in a culture where people are seeking truth, but they're not really looking for answers. Mm. They just they just kind of have their own. They just kind of have their own feelings or thoughts on it. And they're looking for wow. ways to affirm what they already believe instead of actually looking for the word of God to transform them. They try to find ways that the Bible can affirm what they already believe. Yeah. And so when this concept of truth gets introduced. Are we actually staying to listen to what the response is? And I think what's important for us is when we consider truth and all these different ideas and the forms that it can take, mm-hmm. it's really like looking at the different types of truth and how they influence culture, but then how that works its way into our faith. And so ultimately, we're talking about concepts such as um, relativism yeah. and, and subjectivism. Mm-hmm. Those are like the two big buckets yeah. um, that it falls into. And so what relativism is, is, is this idea that the truth, it's... It's ever evolving. Yeah. It's hard for it to be anchored down into one thing that's absolutely and it never changes. It's almost like, yeah, I agree that I agree that stealing is wrong unless my family is starving. Then it's okay. Yeah. I, I agree that that lying is wrong unless it's for the benefit of me trying to do something that I believe that's going to be helpful. And so we kind of find these ways that we can find this approach that allows us to approach it in different ways. Have you guys ever seen instances where, yeah, I have this belief, but there's like a little asterisk next to it that I can I can change it, I can move it around a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit convenient. I know that yeah. there's been times where, um, man, we're just going to put it out there. I remember there's times when like you go into the mission field oh, no. and you guys can speak to this. Oh, and like when you're checking into customs at, and, at other countries oh, no. and you're not allowed to oh, say yeah. that you're there mm. as a missionary because like it's illegal. Like you got a Bible? No, I don't. No, I got a Bible now. You're not a spell Jesus. Like, it, it puts you in those spots. So, like, I know you guys have had some instances with that. Usually a $100 bill cures everything. No. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's Robbery what works. you thought you were going to say. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. We've never done that ever anywhere for any reason whatsoever. Not even to get food into a country. Oh, yeah. Fine. Yeah, we've never smuggled anything into no. a country. No. Yeah. No, no, I mean, there, there definitely has been moments like that. I remember my, this is my first mission trip overseas. I went to China. And we were taking Bibles to the underground church, and you could not bring Bibles into China at that time. Mm-hmm. And you still, you can now, but you have to have certain like waivers and things signed by the government. 
And so we had duffel bags filled with Bibles, but then we put like a layer over top of it and then filled them with like stuffed animal toys that we were taking to an orphanage. And so literally the guy who was in the trip, he's like, listen, there's a red line and a green line. Go straight to the green line. Do not say anything. If they ask if you have anything at all, you go, no, we don't have anything. But we were doing it for Jesus. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. it was really told on a mission trip. Someone oh, yeah. says, go that's straight true. and yeah. say no words, you say, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. you just, yeah. and that's true. You, you just, yeah. you got to do what you're told. <laughs> it was relative to the moment. <laughs> it's, it's relative to the moment. And so we, we have those instances, but then right. we also have like subjectivism, mm-hmm. which basically kind of concludes at the idea that I, as the subject, I determine what truth is. Right. Yeah. I don't have to submit it to any other thing. It doesn't have to be connected to anyone else's reality. It's, it's my personal take on it. And so we'll often hear people say, that this is my truth. Mm-hmm. I believe like this is my truth. But the problem is, is when I allow something that's like my opinion, my preferences to transcend those things and they become truth. Well, now we're in this weird, chaotic space where like my truth is my truth and you have to respect my truth yeah. and you can't challenge my truth. Yeah. And if you do challenge my truth, it shows a form of intolerance. I mean, yeah. I think that we're living in a culture where absolutely we have this subjective truth that's working its way into our culture. Have you guys ever seen any instances where like just this subjective have it your way um, on demand truth kind of works its way out into culture? Yeah, Yeah, I think there's definitely a difference between information and Mm -hmm. truth. Mm -hmm. So we live in the information age, you know, so everybody is looking for facts or whatever it may be online. So everyone's looking for Nate's old rap CD. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Yes. So, <laughs> or is it a cassette? Like, how far back does it go? No, it's an eight track. It's like, what are we oh, hey. No, I'm like, eight track. Uh, so yeah, I think we have to. I think we have to understand the difference between the two. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think Jesus actually he points it out in this passage, reminding Pilate that I, I'm out of this world. You know, yes. I, I, I'm from heaven. So. Mm-hmm. If we're looking for if we're looking for truth, we can't look to the world to provide true. it for us. True. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I, I think Jesus kind of answers that question. Yeah, he does. And and what I think he what he does so brilliantly is that he's he's cautioning us when he makes a statement like my kingdom is not of this world. He's he's challenging us to make sure that we have a kingdom perspective, an eternal perspective with all of these things. Yeah. Because I think we all find ourselves when we're like, as people who are citizens of heaven. Those of us who are walking with God are also recognizing that we live in a fallen and broken world and we, we have to live sometimes with ambiguity. How, how, do I, how do I function with a kingdom mindset while still continuing to coexist in a world that acts as if God never existed? Well, we have all these concepts of truth. And unfortunately, what happens is the convenience of those truths begin to work their way into our theology. Mm-hmm. They begin to work their way into our belief system. And now the same way that I can pick and choose what I feel is best for my family I then work that free will into scripture and I could just pick and choose what I want in the Bible. I don't, I don't like that. So I'm just not going to recognize that or I don't feel good about that passage of scripture. So I'm just going to skip over it and ignore it. And we allow that, that subjectivism to work its way into our theology. And now we have this chaotic belief system that this is my truth. Yeah. And I know the Bible says this about, about tithing, but that's just not my truth. I'm just going to ignore that part. I know the Bible says this about um, premarital sex. But that's so that's so old, that's so archaic, that's so you know, that's so culturally irrelevant. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing that I think we have to make sure of. I want to hear from you guys with this, but I think one of the mistakes that people can make is that they can look at something just because it's in the Bible and it's connected to culture, they can believe that it somehow is an endorsement from God. Mm -hmm. Case in point. When I've when I've kind of entered this idea about 
subjectism and all these other things. Well, people will often say, well, yeah, you know, the Bible can sometimes be outdated. Like, look at slavery. Mm -hmm. There's moments in scripture yeah. mm -hmm. where it talks about slavery. So how do you recognize, like, okay, that was a cultural thing back then. It's not acceptable now. Right. So we can look at the Bible and see some things that didn't transcend. And and, and, and it allows us to kind of build this, um, this house of cards that allows us to have selective theology. Mm -hmm. Problem with that is... Just because it's in the Bible doesn't mean that it's endorsed by God. Yeah. So what we realize is that we're in a fallen and broken world. So if yeah. you want to have the purest understanding of how God sees creation, he sees mankind, you look at Eden before the fall, and you look at Eden and Revelation post um, when Jesus comes back and gets yeah. his church. That is what the mind and will and heart of God has always been. Everything in between is God's redemptive plan, right. yeah. putting things back into their proper right. place. So just because slavery is in the Bible, right. that is not God's endorsement of it. But if we're not careful, we'll begin to pick and choose something that was culturally connected, apply to other biblical truths, and now we're all over the map in regards to yeah. what we believe. That's great. So that's kind of some of the things yeah. we have to look at. So when we look at Jesus having this conversation with Pilate, this is where I, I want to talk about this for a moment. Because Jesus makes this statement, and I, I really want to hear from you guys. He says, um, like, Pilate and, and Jesus are talking, and he says, okay, so Pilate's like, okay, so are you are you, are you, you a king? And, mm -hmm. and Jesus says, like, okay, are you asking me on right. your own, right. yeah. or are you asking this because somebody right. told you to? Yep. This is the brilliance of, of Jesus, and this is something that I think that when you look at, like, his life throughout Scripture, when people came to ask him questions— he would often pose questions right back to him. It's called yeah. the Socratic like, method. Jesus. Like he's like, like he would, and, and here's the reason why. Here's the reason why. I do it with my kids. And we all do. We all do. Like I, I, I'm literally like doing that with my son now. Like he asked me something. Okay, he's like, I'm going to ask you a question now. Right. And 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 here's the reason why. It's because Jesus realizes that question has intent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if we don't deal with the intent right. behind the question, yep. no matter what my answer is, it's not going to satisfy mm -hmm. what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. So when he says, like, are you asking me if I'm a king? There's nothing I'm going to be able to say that's going to change your mind mm -hmm. unless you're actually coming with a proper intent right. to discover whether I'm a king or not. Yeah. Yeah. Pilate, he was looking for an answer, but he wasn't looking for the solution. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the tension that yeah. we see here in this passage. But then when we go a little bit further, Pilate is looking at truth and he can't even recognize right. it. Mm -hmm. yep. he's, he's staring right at mm -hmm. truth, and he can't even see it. That means that sometimes the truth can be staring us right in our face, mm -hmm. and we don't even see it. Mm -hmm. Like, what are, what are some things that you guys have seen where it's like the truth is right there, but, but somehow <clears throat> our culture yeah. misses it. Sometimes yeah. we miss it. These moments where it's right in front of our eyes, but somehow we, we can't get past ourselves to see it for what it really is. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would just say I think it comes down to seeking it. You know, mm -hmm. because it's not like I don't really think that he was really seeking what the truth was because we yes. even see like he goes on to say like he's not guilty mm -hmm. and he doesn't just say it one time. So it's like he knows what the truth is. But then again, don't we all know what the truth is when, mm -hmm. we, when we're met with it? But he wasn't seeking it, which further on, you know, if you if you read a little bit ahead, like a little bit above from where we read today, um, you can see like the Pharisees and all them, they brought Jesus to Pilate early in the morning. Like if you read the text, it's early in the morning, which get, got me thinking like, well, y'all were seeking your own motive early in the morning when you should have been seeking Jesus. You should have been seeking God. Because that's scripture. If you seek me early, you'll find me. So they were never seeking truth in that moment to start with. And so, well, I mean, I might. Because the problem is, when here's what happens. When you seek what I have found, when you seek after your own motive, then almost every single time, it will almost always hold captive truth. Mm -hmm. So it's like in that moment, mm -hmm. and this is what we see is taking place. They're now, they're now having truth captive. Wow. And so because they're, they're, they're seeking after their own motives. So now everything that is coming 
after what they did is now the result of them not seeking truth in the first place. Yeah, so now it's just a domino effect. So then that is another reason why Pilate can't see what truth is, even though it's in front of him, because he's going with society. He keeps going back to them saying, well, what do you want me to do? Yeah. And they're now putting forth their own motive. Yeah. So it's going to continue to go down this trail because now the water is completely tainted. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and there's a, there's an, a, there's, something to support your opinion out there now. Right. Yes. Kind of like I was alluding yep. to earlier. Yeah. Everybody has written something where someone can yeah. can back what you're trying to say. So like you were saying, people aren't seeking truth, they're just seeking comfort for what they right. already believe. Yes. And, and so, so I, I think that I think that that's difficult to separate for us yeah. In, yeah. in this time. You know? Yeah. Because yeah. well, I think people, like you find what you go looking for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for something that's going to back up what you already think or feel or believe, you're going to find it, right. like yes. you said. But you can also, I think, even do that with the Bible. Yes. Look at how many people take the Bible right. so far out of context. Like right. with what you're saying with slavery, or yeah. you want to find something that tells women to sit down and be <laughs> yeah. quiet, you're going to find it in there. That's not what the Bible says. Like, yeah. Yeah. So you have to like know, like, am I actually looking for truth? And if I am, am I going in with open eyes? Because yeah. it makes yes. me think about, like, I feel like we tell stories about our kids all the time. But I'm like, Mia, go get your shoes. What shoes? <laughs> yeah, we need to go. Can you please go get your shoes? I gotta go. Um, where? I'm like, kids. Like, literally, please help me out here. And so, that like, sounds like me with my 16 year old. <laughs> it doesn't get any better. I'm just trying to encourage you. I cannot. But I like, I feel like that's how people go looking for stuff. You're like, yeah. here, here's like, you know, here's the truth of what the Bible says. Right. Where? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What? Yeah. I don't see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They'll like, do that or they'll call the friend that they know that's going to agree with them. Correct. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, think yeah. of how many times that happens. Like, I know for me, like, I would a whole lot rather call the person who I know is going to agree with me mm -hmm. than call, me. Than to, well, not to talk to you, but <laughs> <laughs> than to call the person who's going to be like, yo, bro, like, you need to get off right. your high horse and you go apologize to your wife and make things right. Like, right. it's a lot easier to call mm -hmm. someone sure. or talk to someone who yeah. is going to, like, then support like what you're already feeling. And so I think so many times we can, you know, do like Mia does and look around and like, where, what? Mm -hmm. Or... We're calling and we're talking to people that then back up what we're already feeling mm -hmm. in that moment. Yeah. yeah. I found that in that text, it was like a compromise. It was like, I'm going to comp compromise to appease the crowd because a lot of times they didn't want riots breaking out, especially mm -hmm. during the feasts and right. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so um, I found that, man, he wanted to really appease the crowd. And instead of him making a decision, mm -hmm. he was like, I'm going to leave it to you guys to yeah. make the decision. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to make sure that there's no riot that's going to happen mm -hmm. on my watch. And just caved into the demands of the people. And I think so many times in our life, um, that can be the pressure that we feel when we make decisions and stuff like that. We're listening to the crowds and stuff like that mm -hmm. instead of listening to Jesus, sure. the truth. Yeah. Um, we make those decisions because of the pressures and the demands of wow. the people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we want to be liked, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, Taking the easy yeah. way out. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, make it go away. Yeah. yeah. I think you hit something, too, because you said pressure. Yeah. Because I feel like that is what he was feeling that whole time. Yeah. yeah. It's that pressure. It's like, how much can people push on you to say, like, oh, well, if you if you don't take this to be true, then that means you're not, you're not part of yeah. our whole grouping. You're yeah. not part of it. Because yeah. they keep bashing him. They're like, oh, well, <laughs> you know, like, how can you be for Caesar? You know what I mean? They yeah. keep going yeah. after him. They're yeah. like, they're, I mean, they're on him. So it's like, what do you do when you feel back into a corner? Yeah. And like, are you still going to stand for the truth, yeah. you right. know, and take that stand? Because sometimes the truth will will have a price like yeah. it, it does it does have a price there could be a cost yeah. mm -hmm. you know but it's like what do you do are you going to settle but i mean pressure i mean pressure mm -hmm. will cause anybody to do 
things that they never thought they would. Right. Yeah. If you I look mean, at this whole situation, it's literally it's it's what we're talking about. It's relative truth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So literally, like Pilate is staring like the absolute truth, Jesus, like mm-hmm. truth in like human form, like yeah. in the face. But then he goes out and he conforms to what is going on around him. The yes. culture. Yeah. The culture is saying yeah. this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're actually looking at it like this guy is saying he's the king of the Jews, but this guy he's a robber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll take the robber. Yeah. Yeah. Like the whole entire thing is based on, I mean, it's it's literally, and, and I would say predominantly for like in experiences that, that I've had, more people fall into like the relative category than even the subjective category. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a lot of subjective subjectivism. I can't even say that word right. I'm from the country. You know what I mean? <laughs> but with relative, it's like it literally is. It's like wherever I'm at, I will conform to where I'm at. Mm-hmm. So if I'm in one situation, then I'm going to be like what I need to be in that situation. That's right. And then if I'm in this situation, I'm going to do this because I need to fit in in this situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it really comes from just this ultimate thing inside of us that just wants to feel wanted. We want to yep, feel loved. Sure. We want to feel sure. valued. Yep. And so now we let our truth then conform to wherever mm-hmm. we're at so that we feel yeah. loved, valued, and accepted, yeah. but then the problem is you look at yourself in the mirror and you ask yourself, what do I really believe? Yeah. And you get to where Pilate is where he's like, what What's is true? truth? Yeah. 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 Or even, what do I believe and even who am I? So yeah. when you were saying like how yeah. we kind of conform, I think there's a space where, where grace allows that to breathe a little bit. So we look at like the life of Paul mm-hmm. and Paul has that famous statement, you know, I become all things to yep. all men that right. I might win right. some. But he never did that at the expense of losing who yep. he was. Mm-hmm. When he spoke in the context of Greek, that's because he had a Greek background. When he spoke in the context of Roman citizenship, that's because that's who where he was from. When he spoke in the context of being Jewish, that's because of who he was. Paul never conformed into anything that wasn't truly who he was. But I think, unfortunately, we end up conforming into things that aren't even a representation of who we are or what God's word says yeah. about us. And so one of the things that I see, and I think the, the parallels are interesting, on, on one hand, you have Pilate who's caving in to to the cultural pressure, the, the, the compromise and all that stuff. But on the flip side, kind of like you were saying, like, like they arrested Jesus. Like truth is captive. And then t- check this out. The people who mm-hmm. are like, they literally memorize the first five books of the Bible. Mm-hmm. They, they study the prophets. They know right. Right. the word of God. And so they are supposed to be familiar with truth. And ultimately what ended up happening is, is the people that are supposed to be followers of God are taking the truth and giving it over to culture, which was Pilate, and allow him to make a verdict on what truth yeah. is instead of them being able to be the ones who are able to recognize truth for what yeah. it is. And if there's something that I could say as a critique to the followers of God, it is. We are allowing the truth to be defined by culture, mm-hmm. by politics, and other preferences, and we're allowing the world to define truth instead of us being the wow. people that yeah. say this is what yeah. the truth yeah. is, and we're unwavering. We're not going to surrender truth to the world and allow the world to then tell us what the truth is supposed to yeah. be. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be the people of God right. that models, that emulates, and stands yeah. on the truth no matter how uncomfortable, mm-hmm. no matter what the pressure is. Yeah. So I see this tension where you have the people of God who should recognize truth, but we end up looking for other people mm-hmm. to tell us how we're supposed to put it into right. practice. Yeah. But then we also have Pilate, on the other hand, who, when you talk about community, I just thought about this. Do you remember how um, how Pilate's wife said, like, yeah. hey, listen. We don't need I, none of this. I right. had a dream about yeah. this dude. Yeah. Yeah. Don't have nothing yeah. to do with this. Yeah. Like, he, yeah. he, yeah. he good people. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. He good people. Right. Like, just, right. just, just stay out of it. Um, but even in spite of all that, 
the pressure and like kind of like what we're talking about. But he had his wife. His wife. Mm-hmm. His yeah. wife. Come on, come on, Calvin. <laughs> his wife said, <laughs> I've, I've, "I've learned. I've learned. It's taken me I'm several learning. years I'm so that sometimes the Holy Spirit and my wife's voice are the same. I've learned, I've, I've learned that for myself. This is, this is true. But his wife was like, "Listen." You don't want these right, problems. Right. Like, like separate yourself from it. But, yeah. but that's what it means when you allow. He he rather listen to the pressure of people mm-hmm. than listen to the voice of his wife. Come mm-hmm. on. <laughs> so how do we like as people like who do follow Christ, and if you are on that path of you know you're you're hearing the voice of God, but you don't know exactly like if you're hearing from God truly. Mm-hmm. What are the steps that they can do to ensure that they are following Christ so that they, when they do have truth, they're not wavering by the pressures of the crowd? Yeah, it's interesting because in, if, in the scripture, it takes Pilate a little bit of time to get to that point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whereas if he would have just stuck with his original assessment, yeah. right, it would have mm-hmm. been fine. Yeah. Yeah. But he even uh, in, in some of the other books, it talks about how he, he kind of passes Jesus off to Herod, like, all yeah. right, you deal with it yeah. instead yeah. of dealing with it himself. Yeah. Yeah. I think we do the same thing. It's more uh, it's it's more perpetual, and it's not we don't stick to what we originally mm-hmm. uh, believed in mm-hmm. the first place. So I think to answer your question, it's a daily decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 dying daily to yourself yeah. and yeah. recognizing the truth yeah. on, on the daily. Yeah. You know? yeah. mm-hmm. I think. To, sorry, we're gonna say something. No, go, please. I just think to add to that too is like, so as believers, right, as Christians, like when you are saved, like you have the Spirit of God that lives on the inside of you. And so if the Holy Spirit is like alive and like inside of me, then He's going to be telling me what the truth is. He's right. going to be leading yeah. me in the truth and lit and me learning to listen and to to hear that voice and to hear the voice of God that is going to be telling me because if I'm in a situation and I'm presented with two things like he he's not going to be the one telling me like hey go this direction when it should be this like he's the voice of truth Mm -hmm. and I need to learn how to recognize that and to learn it and then also to test it in the word of God and so I think so many times like we forget like the Spirit of God lives inside of me. I know what the right. truth is. Yeah, like, right. it's inside of me. Right. I just need to listen and yeah. I need mm-hmm. to follow. Right. Yeah. Good. And I think when, when the part that you said about, like, testing it in his in His mm-hmm. word. So, yeah. you know, Scripture talks about how we have to try every spirit. Mm-hmm. Right. So that means right. that literally, like, whenever, like, we're in, in different environments, and depending mm-hmm. on what your church context yeah. is, um, there are times that somebody may come up and say, man, I got a word for you, brother Mike. And you run away. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then it's your responsibility yeah. to kind of take that word in right. yeah. to discern, right. is this consistent yeah. with yeah. the word of God? Exactly. Yeah. The thing that we have to remember is that God is not schizophrenic. Yeah. Right. He will not by his spirit tell you to do something yeah. that is yeah. not consistent yeah. with exactly. his word. Exactly. Like it actually is perfect harmony um, together. Right. So what I typically do, kind of to answer your question, Megan, is... I, 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 I've learned to listen to my feelings. I've learned to listen to people around me, such as you. But then I always take that and I got to say, where is this in Scripture? Mm-hmm. And not conveniently find it in Scripture, but where is this connected mm-hmm. with the nature of God? This mm-hmm. is kind of like what you were saying, Callie, about how we can kind of like bring our own inferences into text and find ways mm-hmm. to justify certain positions, such mm-hmm. as um, women preachers and things like that. Mm-hmm. 
We remove the context of it. We don't take any of that stuff into consideration. We just read something for the hope of affirming something we already believe. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, what I typically do when I'm trying to discern, okay, what is God saying about this, is I'm not looking for a single passage. Like, this is just me now yeah. talking. I'll typically look for something that is expressed in the Old Testament, yeah. something that's found in the book of Proverbs, something that Jesus talks about, something that is reinforced through Paul's writings. That allows me to have a holistic understanding of the mind, heart, and nature of God around that given subject mm, yeah. that then allows me to have a create a ruling on it. Yep. But I can't take a single passage out of context and say, well, hey, you see this says it right here. Mm-hmm. I guess that's what it yeah. means we have to do. Yeah. You know how mm-hmm. you know how crazy that could be? Like mm-hmm. I, I, I you I won't say who, but I remember <laughs> I remember a friend of mine was like, Man, like, I just pray that God like breaks my enemy's teeth. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, well, yeah, David prayed that prayer. I'm like, but that's, that's, you can't pray that. That's, that's like, but unfortunately we yeah. can, I mean, it was all done right, in jokes, right. but we can look at something in, in, in the Bible and find ways to say like, hey, the Bible says it. So uh-huh. I'm just going to pray that. Right. No, is that consistent with the nature of God? Yeah. Do we see that mm-hmm. from beginning to end that yeah. this is a part of who God yeah. is? Right. And that's how I kind of like reduce yeah. like, okay, this is how I recognize yeah. what I believe God is speaking to us yeah. in this instance. Yeah. yeah. And I'll say that too, like for pastors, you know, we look at preachers on TV and stuff like that, and we tend to believe everything that they say, but do we test um, test it with the Bible to make yeah, sure everything sure. is true? Mm-hmm. Because sure. a lot of times we'll receive mis- misinformation, and that information yeah. that we yeah. receive, once we receive it and we hear the actual, mm-hmm. the actual truth, we can't move from that because that was the first thing that we heard. That's so yeah. true. Um, yeah. But like you said, the Bible was written for us, but not to us, yeah. Yeah. you know, Very and I good. think that's, that's right. <laughs> I was like, let me make sure I'm not pointing that towards me, but, <laughs> um, but yeah. And I think like even that's going great. off of what you're saying, like, so the, the danger in a lot of things is that, and it's, it's a good kind of danger, but it's a bad danger at the same time, <laughs> is that we do have so much access to everything. We right. can listen to podcasts, read articles, mm-hmm. do all of these things, but there are so many people who are living in the world today, like even like us Christians who would say our revelation of God is not actually from our firsthand experience that we've had. Mm-hmm. It's off of someone else's experience that we've yeah. listened to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we're trying to live off of a secondhand revelation yeah. of who God is yeah. and expect yeah. firsthand results in our lives. Come yeah. on, man. And that's not oh. going to happen because Jesus, yeah, I mean, good. literally like, I mean, earlier in John, in John 8, he's talking to people and he says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Right. That's right. That word know there, it's not just like read it, hear it. It's like an intimate knowing. Yeah. So until you can, even like what Pastor Keith was saying, know God, know Jesus through all these different things in his word, mm-hmm. then you will not know the truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can just know it. Like you can read it one time. You can hear it on a podcast. But until it becomes firsthand revelation for your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I like to call it like thrift shop theology. It's like you're going in and you're just picking off like whatever you want from different right. people to help frame the theology that you have. Yeah. And what I've seen in my life, and this is something that I had to learn, and I, I still walk through this like so much, is that if I hear something, I'm going to research that. Yeah. I'm going to look it up. Yeah. I'm going to actually find out like what does the Bible actually say about yeah. this? What does Jesus really say? Yeah about this because everybody everybody has their own way of reading the Bible. Everybody yeah. has their own slants theologically. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to just live my life off of someone else's second I felt right. off of a second hand revelation yeah. of who right. God so is. Yeah. I want to know who he is because yeah. if the truth is going to set me free, I have to really know that. Yeah. Like yes. intimately what yeah. that so is. True. I think yeah. the most beautiful thing about this story is God's grace mm-hmm. and, yeah. and, and how Jesus reacts. Um, he's not trying to prove anybody wrong. Yeah. yeah, he's just standing in front of you saying, "Here it is." Yeah, yeah. And, and and I think, I think for us, 
as children of God, we have to realize that, that when we are seeking truth, God does have grace for us, and yep. he is going to walk yes. alongside of us yeah. if we seek after him yep. because he's yeah. standing right in yep. front of us. So, so true. I think that's the most beautiful thing about this story is Jesus knew what was set before him. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. he mm-hmm. had yep. he had a mission in mind, and he had to accomplish it, yeah. and he was just uh, concerned more so with um, you accepting who he is and not yes. what yeah. he was trying yep. not trying to prove you wrong. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He, didn't, he didn't have to add or take nope, away nope. from it. And I think that's ultimately where, where we arrive at with this discussion is understanding that we're all we're all pursuing truth. Yep. And I think that it's a it's a it's a lifelong endeavor Correct. that all of us weekly and daily are engaging the word of God and growing in our understanding of who he truly is. And that's a journey that I think we all should be on, but understanding that Jesus is the truth. Yep. So I think the way that I would probably answer the question as Pilate posed it of what is truth, I think that truth isn't a what, it's a who. Yeah. And Jesus says, I am the truth. I am I am the way, I am yep. the truth, and I am the life. And and if we can come to that conclusion, then we can recognize that it is in Jesus. He's the one that's going to be the standard of the way that I, I live my life. He is going to be the standard in the way that I function and operate. If we can recognize that Jesus is the truth, then from that we can extract principles that then begin to provide pathways in yep. which we are supposed to function. But unfortunately, I think the the world is in this place kind of like what we see where Pilate kind of presents, okay, we have Jesus and we have Barabbas. Mm -hmm. Which one do you want? Do you want the truth or do you want subjectivism? Do you want Mm -hmm. your own way of doing things? And what I believe that this whole, the whole point of it is, is like if we can choose and address and accept Jesus for who he is, it's going to set us free. If we choose Barabbas, who was a robber, who started riots, who basically was the embodiment of chaos, anything outside of selecting Jesus that is what the byproduct of it's going to be. Yeah. Right? And I think all of us have an opportunity to make that decision. Like, yeah. okay, am I going to be a person that truly spends my life pursuing truth and pursuing Jesus? Or am I going to be a person that is trying to produce the results of Jesus by also still selecting Barabbas? Wow. You'll find that you will never be able to do yeah. that. And in its own crazy way, and I think that's how it all comes together, in its own crazy way, we are Barabbas. Yeah. So let's think about this for a minute. This is good, Mike. You're going to appreciate this. <laughs> if we are Barabbas, the people who are born in sin, brokenness, made mistakes, all that stuff, that's just a byproduct of our humanity. And then there's Jesus. Jesus is the truth, but that truth is the thing that set Barabbas free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what if that means for us? If we could just acknowledge and accept the fact that Jesus died for us as us, but it's the very thing that set us free and all we have to do is accept that Come he is on. the truth. Yeah. Yeah. It all comes full wow. circle. Yeah. 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 So I think that's where we, uh, let's, let's end it there. Yeah. <laughs> let's end it there, man. Because I, 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 if not, if we don't stop here, I got another hour. We <laughs> don't have an hour. <laughs> well, church, uh, thanks so much for, for being a part of this today. Uh, we are going to grab our communion elements and take communion as a family. So why don't you go ahead and grab yours as well? Man, well, hey, church, that was such a great um, just talk about what is truth. And I love how Pastor Keith, um, how he ended it. He talked about how truth was Jesus. And really what Jesus did is he went to the cross for Barabbas, and we are all Barabbas. And the Bible makes it clear that we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of God's glory. But because of Jesus, all we have to do is accept him as our Lord and Savior and believe that he died on the cross. Romans 10 says it, and then we are saved. And so right now, if that's you, if you want to commit your life to Christ or recommit your life to Christ, I'm going to invite you to just pray this prayer, um, simple prayer after me. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for your son, Jesus. I believe that he died on the cross and he rose again for me. Jesus Christ 
is the Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, if you just made that decision, we believe you just made the best decision of your life. So if you could text the word DECIDE to the number 25101, we want to come alongside you, and we want to walk with you and equip you for the journey. And right now, we also just want to partake in communion. So this is a time where you can gather around just as we are right now um, and just take some of the elements. If hopefully you have those already. And so, um, you know, what this this is, 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 this is us remembering what he did for us. Just as we talked about, as he really took, um, took the place of Barabbas, he really did take that upon. And so imagine that for you as you are beginning to take communion of him taking what was really rightfully our place, what was our place, which was death. Yeah. which was hell, which was the grave. But he took that from us. He took the sting of death right in that moment. And so as we take communion right now, keep that in mind and remembering all that he did on Calvary's cross. Uh, Calvary's cross. So right now, let's just take the bread um, and we'll eat that as his body was broken for us. And then of the cup, which is the blood that represents the shedding that took place on Calvary's cross. Let's go ahead and drink. Amen. And right now, I'm just going to pray with us. God, we love you and we praise you, God. Thank you so much for, for really seeing past every last one of our faults, God, and seeing our need. God, our need for a Savior, our need for a Redeemer, our need for you, the truth. So, God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Church, hope that uh, you have been encouraged today. Make sure that you join us next week as we talk about what Jesus really said about salvation. We love you guys. Hope you have a great week. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and review and share what you heard today. If you'd like more content like this, or you'd like to connect with us, go to celebrationorl.org. We hope you join us next time.